Hello there and welcome to the podcast. It's John Markar here and I thought I'd just jump in with a very quick but very important message that I wanted to share with you before you delve into this episode of the Driven Chat podcast. This podcast, the Driven Chat podcast, has now come to an end. But don't worry, I'm not going to stop you from listening to this episode or from catching up with the 185 episodes that we've recorded in this format. I just wanted to let you know that if you're looking for our new episodes recorded after December 2023, then you'll need to seek out our new podcast, The Driven Podcast. You can find The Driven Podcast in all the usual podcast platforms, including, chances are, the one that you're listening to this one on right now. So please do enjoy this episode, share it with a friend by all means. But when it's done, don't forget to search for the new podcast, The Driven Podcast, and subscribe to the new format to hear the new stuff. To make life easy, head on over to the Driven website via driven.site. There you will find links through to the new podcast, including links to your preferred podcast platform. And hey, whilst you're there, why not check out everything else we do, including hand-picked automotive news stories, car and bike reviews, video features, and even more. For now, though, I'll let you enjoy this episode. And I will remind you again at the end of the episode, but for the future reference, this message is approximately 1 minute and 30 seconds long. That's six clicks on the 15-second skip button. Enjoy. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello, my name's John Markar. And my name's Mars Lacey. And welcome to the Driven Chat podcast, where this week we'll be debating what's better, racing in Australia or road tripping around the Alps. The Driven Chat podcast, powered by Paramex Digital. Yes, hello and welcome, dear listener, to another episode of the podcast. It is just Miles and I this week, no guests. We're having a little catch up because once again, we've been quite busy around lots of other not-so-exciting, boring things. But we won't tell you about those things. We're going to tell you about the exciting things we've been doing. Indeed, yeah. Which is quite a lot, isn't it? it? Yeah, you know, as um, we, we both hope to have uh, what we what maybe most would class, including us, including us, as an ordinary week, and then inevitably that doesn't happen. No, no, very rarely. I don't know what an ordinary week is anymore, which sounds almost a bit kind of like a show-off. I know, it, like, it does. I know oh, my what, life's just so exciting. I know what mine consists of. It, it consists of getting really angry in the car because I'm stuck in yet another traffic jam. Yes, yeah, your commute to our little Coventry Corner studio should be quite straightforward. <laughs> but it just yet. isn't. Um, if the M6 is listening, just die <laughs> permanently. You are a terrible motorway. Are you an M6 toll user? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, come on. Yeah, I'm not a complete not a maniac. Lunatic. Yeah, yeah. The Autobahn of the UK. Not really. Didn't actually say that on record. Uh, anyway, yes, welcome, welcome, welcome to this week's podcast. Probably not going to be as long as our usual 90 to 120 minute episodes this week, because we are just going to kind of fill you in on a few bits, as well as draw your attention to some exciting things coming up, as well as some exciting things on our website, all of which you'll be able to see and enjoy and read and get involved in. Um but where do we start? Now, the last time you and I sat down in a studio together, Miles, we were talking to Raoul from Race Software. We were. And then pretty much the next day, 
you were getting on a plane to fly to the other side of the world. Correct. Australia. Yeah, Australia. And then I was about to get into my car and drive to the Alps. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, quite bizarre. And then we sort of did one long blink and now we're back as if none of that ever happened. Yeah, and if if at any point you feel like there's a (laughs) drop in energy from both (laughs) of us, it's because we're both insanely tired. I was going to ask that question because so at the time we're recording this, we're recording this Friday the 16th of June. I'm aware this is going out a week or so after the recording time. Uh, but you got off the aeroplane back into the UK, was it Tuesday or Wednesday this Wednesday, week? Wednesday, Wednesday morning at 6am. So you And you were out in Australia for one week. Yes. So yeah. you've landed in Australia, which, for anyone that's not aware, uh, is damn close to the wrong, like basically nighttime is daytime and daytime is nighttime, isn't Correct. it? If, you've yeah. ever, if you're in the UK and you've ever had to have a phone call or a Zoom call with somebody in Australia, you either have to do it first thing in the morning or last thing at night to catch them at the end of their day whilst you're at the beginning of your day and vice versa. So you've got off the plane in Australia to essentially a 12-hour jet lag. Yeah. Um, plus travelling, which is rubbish because that always makes you tired and confused and stressed and, and horrible. Um, but you weren't there on your jollies, were you? No. Um, no, no, I, 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 it was bizarre because... I should point out, sorry, Mars is actually rubbing his arm <laughs> like a tired toddler whilst he's talking. <laughs> oh dear, yeah, if, this, if, if you get like a little wobble in my in my voice, it's because I'm probably about to cry. No, I'm, I'm making it sound far worse than it actually is. Um, the reality is the hardest part of that entire trip was was the travelling, uh, because it's, for anyone that doesn't know, it's, it's a good 24 hours of mm. being on a plane. Um, because you can't really go much further, actually, I don't think, no. on a, in terms of a commute. No. Um, so, yeah, I, it, it, just to paint a very quick picture, I got a call uh, from the Prague Ray and Z team, team to say, um, we, we'd, like to, we'd like you to get you, get you out to Australia to come and race for us uh, in the Australian Prototype Series. Um, and I hadn't even renewed my race license or anything because oh. I, I wasn't planning to do any racing until the middle of the summer, basically. Mm -hmm. Um, So it just wasn't the top of the list. So I was like, "Uh, um, yeah, uh, okay, yes, yes, I would love to. And then as soon as I put the phone down to the team boss, I was like, panic. (laughs) Everything needed to happen like yesterday, um, which included getting a medical, uh, getting my international license renewed. Um, Now talk us through that process, because I genuinely don't know. I've done little bits of like odds and sods of racy things, but international is like another category altogether. Yeah. What does the what does renewing an international racing license actually well, consist that, of? So actually, um, th- this is not to bore anyone, but um, an international license, yeah, obviously. Me, so you have to have done a good. A, uh, determined amount of racing and finishers and et cetera, et cetera, to qualify for said license. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then you have to have a, an extended medical, which includes like a resting ECG and all this kind of stuff, basically to make sure that you're not going to collapse behind the wheel. Yeah. Um, you know, which can happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, thankfully not to me yet. And um, yeah, so it was, it was all hands on deck to get it all sorted. As it turns out, um, uh, because it was a national series in Australia, uh, I could get away with my UK non-international license here, oh. which meant I could get it turned around in two days rather than like a week. Wow. So it was quite fortuitous, really. Um, so that was all sorted, flights booked. Uh, yeah, packed my pants and my race suit and off we went. Fantastic. 
First time in Australia. First time in Australia. First time in Australia. Landed into Melbourne. Uh, had basically a day to sort of acclimatise, and then we flew to Adelaide, which is where we went, which is where we raced a, a circuit called the Bend, which is a very, very, very impressive facility. You told me about this. Sir. I'm gonna, I'm gonna open it up on my laptop computer. Yeah, because yeah. Um, I did look at it when you first told me, and I went, "Oh my god, it's incredible!" Well, I, well, I panicked because. Um, you know, obviously learning a new circuit's one thing, uh, but learning a circuit that is as enormous as the bend is, uh, in Adelaide was a whole different challenge because it's huge. I, I, just, really I would encourage anyone huge. to just dive onto Google now and have a quick look because it's monstrous. I'm going to go through the Wikipedia stats. Um, so the Ben Motorsport Park is a 7.7 kilometer, that's 4.8 mile motor racing circuit. Um, so just uh, 100 kilometres outside Adelaide. I'm looking at the... I'm trying to work through the corner numbers. <laughs> Hang on. We are... There's 35 corners. Yeah. Yeah. 35. Yeah. <laughs> it's massive. What on earth? Now, I assume there's a few different circuit layouts. Was Were you on the Mega 35 corner layout? So thankfully not, because oh, right. when, they, when, uh, when, when they said it's the bend, I obviously went online and went, oh, God. Yeah. Oh, God. Uh, learning a new circuit's one thing, but learning a circuit that is that big... Um, I just felt, you know, God, uh, this wasn't enough time. However, thankfully, it later turned out that we were on the international circuit, which is a humble only 18 corners. So yes. still a long lap. Um, you know, it's probably the, probably the same as most. In fact, probably more corners. Four point, it was just short of five kilometres, three yeah. miles. So still a, still a decent lap. Yeah. Uh, I think we were like doing one minute, I don't know, one minute 48 or something like that you know, in a prototype car, so we're not hanging around, and it's still a long lap. Crikey, Moses. Yeah, it was a hell of a challenge. So um, that talk about a compressed time frame, it was literally got the call, sort the stuff out. Uh, Raul at Race Software and EX Sim um, uh, did me an absolute mm. solid and managed to get me on, a, on their sim uh, over in Derbyshire mm-hmm. for an hour and a half, which is, was, that was all the prep that I had. Wow. So it was just hour and a half um, sort of, dived on to quickly try and figure it out. Uh, the guy who drove the car last year, Ricky Capo, gave me a cut literally uh, on a 10-minute Zoom call just before he was flying back out to Australia. Um, here's the things you should look out for. And that was it. Wow. That was it in terms of the prep. So jumped on the plane and dealt with screaming kids for uh, 24 hours. Nice. And um, managed not to slap a single one of them. So <laughs> I thought that was quite a good day out. I'd say you've done very well there. Yeah, very well. <laughs> Um, so this is the Praga series. Was it exclusively Pragas? Or? No, right. No. Um, so it's uh, it's what is the series is called the Australian Australian Prototype Series, mm-hmm. uh, and as the name would suggest, it's in Australia and has uh, a few classes for different prototype cars. Praga R1, which is the one I was racing, is in the top class. Yeah. Uh, against the likes of uh, they, they uh, it's called a Wolf Wolf Racing Car. Mm. Yes, which uh, I've just looked I'm up is have from to Google. That yeah, oh. have a Google of that. I believe they're from Italy. Um, awesome looking thing um, and fast as hell. They have they are li- I believe lighter than us in the Praga and actually have a lot more power. Oh, it's a cool looking thing. Yeah, um, and it's an open top. It, I, I suppose it looks like an early uh, LMP two car. Yeah, LMP3 it is car? a bit like the. Uh, yeah, it's it's like a weird hybrid. It's like a an Indy car, yes. an LMP car, and an F1 car had a baby. Correct. 
and yeah, it's a cool looking thing. Yeah, it's a cool looking thing. So they were our main rivals, uh-huh. um, and actually the the field of them is 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 prototype racing is actually really popular out in Australia, as it turns mm. out. Um, because over here, you know, the closest thing we have to it is obviously uh what we had the Praga series last year we had yeah. the pro- sort of prototype class in the brick car the year before uh, and then radicals obviously radicals are super super popular yes. over here yes um but over in in oz uh they they're all together so you know nice big grid to have a play with and different categories of car and driver and you know some amateur drivers and mm-hmm. uh some like and some genuine amateurs as well you know just sort of boys that are coming and having a hack round that used to do track days uh, so it was great because, you know, you've got that speed differential and enjoyment of a multi-class race where anything can happen, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So it was it was quite special. So tell us, talk us through it then. You <laughs> uh, you went out with your minimal prep. I did. Um, did you have any, I assume you had some practice time or there must have been a qualifying. Yeah. Um, so just to further paint the picture, uh, this is what this is what racing drivers like to do, by the way. And I don't, mm. I wouldn't call myself one of those, but it's something that they like to do. Is before you talk about any results or outcomes, is get the excuses in early. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. The the expression, uh, the book of racing driver excuses, is one that I've been very familiar with. Very familiar with, years. and actually, it's uh, it's an infinite book. Mm. It doesn't appear to have a final page. <laughs> uh, it just gets longer and longer and longer. Um, so uh, in terms of tricks to try and get over the jet lag in a quick fashion, um, I decided to stay up the night before flying Okay, yeah, uh, in the logic. UK to try and force myself into the Aussie uh, time zone, mm-hmm. um, which I managed to do and got to the airport, checked in, jumped on the plane and thought, right. I've been up all night. I'll simply sleep now. All I'll do now is just I'll have I'll have I'll have i like a beer, yeah. and that'll be enough to just sort of drift off into a lovely, you know, sweet. So it's like a morning dreams. a morning beer UK time, but an Australian <laughs> evening beer. Yeah. in the air in hey, international they often, airspace. They often, the, the air hostess often. I'm going to turn it down. Oh no, of course, yeah. I'm not yeah. a maniac. Yeah. Um, and what proceeded to happen was I didn't sleep at all. Oh. So then by the time I actually did go to sleep, I've been up 72 hours. Oh, my God. I am very envious of anyone that can get on a plane and sleep. <laughs> I just don't I know how don't you do it. I don't know how it's done. And obviously, I haven't got £5 billion to spend on one of those rooms with a bed in it. Yeah. So I have to sit in cattle class. And But yeah, I, I will never, ever not be jealous of anyone that sits down on a flight and even one that's like four hours just goes oh well i'll just close my eyes for four hours and have <laughs> you just look at them and go have you done that yeah. <laughs> i hate you yeah <laughs> very strange so um but you basically were two days in sleep debt before you'd even walked off the plane correct to then drive a car that you're driving for the first time on a circuit that you're driving for the first time in a country that you're visiting for the first time yeah yeah so so the the, the odds are stacked up against me as an individual very early on um so yeah, arrive, had a day or so uh, in, in fact, not even that, we, we fired over to, um, got off the plane, went over to the team to go and have a quick look at the car, uh, which is called EMS mm-hmm. in, um, in the, in the centre of Melbourne. Uh, car was there with my name on it already, which is nice. always quite a cool thing. Um, and did a quick, a quick seat fit. That worked. And that was it. The car then we did the seven-hour drive over to uh, over to Adelaide uh, on in the back of the truck, mm-hmm. uh, and, and and I flew over and, and, and met it. 
So, yeah, you're right. We had a test day. We had three 20-minute sessions the day before on the fr- Friday, of which um, didn't go to plan, to be oh. brutally honest. So, you know, when you're in an ideal world, you would have, uh, you know, you would have a good considered idea of, of setup and all this kind of stuff and the car specifically fitted for you and all this kind of stuff. Um, we just didn't have time for that. So the guys did an incredible job at the at Praga Team ANZ. Uh, but the reality was the car was set up for um, last year's driver, uh, Ricky Capo. Ah. So um, it, the best way I can describe it is, is like putting on somebody else's ski boots and kind of just hoping that they're going to work for you. Gotcha. Uh, might be the case if you happen to be the same mm. and you like to ski the same way or drive the same way. Uh, but as it turns out, Ricky and I have quite different styles. Okay. So he has the car extremely stiff. Um, you know, and it quite a quite a knife edgy kind of thing. Uh, I don't tend to go for that, but also um, the stick. So the, my limitation was I I've been out of the car for I've been out of a Praga for a year. Yeah, um, yeah. And I wasn't race fit at all. And I said that before I even flew out. I said I'm not. I, I I'm gonna just be, I'm gonna level with you here and say, look, I haven't really been training mm. like I was when I was racing the whole season. Uh, so, you know, uh, I'll do what I can. There's a few, there's a few McNuggets in there where they shouldn't be. Yeah, yes. Yes. Yeah. You could say that. Um, and you know, the reality is with the likes of a prototype car and the Praga is they're, they're physically demanding cars to drive. Yeah. Um, like any, any high down, any car that produces a lot of downforce, the loads and forces through your body are vast, mm. uh, and specifically through the arms. So we did some work in the UK, um, when I was racing it in the UK to actually change the geometry a bit of the steering just to make it a little bit lighter. Mm-hmm. Um, because it was just like obnoxiously heavy, you know, and that's fine if you're, well, it's not fine really. It's, I don't know if it's like a, a bit of a macho thing to go, Ooh, you know, heavy steering, but I don't see the point in that when you're doing no, an endurance race, yeah. you, you, it's all right if the car's super fast, but if your arms are falling off after half an hour, yeah. what good is that? We had that. We, we were talking to Ben, weren't we? A few weeks ago from string theory about the, BMW Z4 that was in the VLN, Nürburgring 24-hour race, yeah. which was a car designed purely for comfort. So yeah. comfortable ride, comfortable steering, comfortable seats, air conditioning. And that was a car that won the race, yeah. you could say, because the drivers weren't fatigued. Um, so, yeah, that's, again, a side of that that world that I wouldn't necessarily have thought about. No, it's, it, and it isn't really. It. It isn't. If, you're not, if it's not something you, you do on a regular basis, it, it, it isn't really a consideration. And... Um, so we we effectively took the decision to bin the last uh bin the last test session off and and basically well, not really pulled the car to bits but mm. within reason set the whole car up again wow. uh to try and uh help me with the steering so yeah a bit of a you know bit of a blow really to come and get i just said look in in terms of what i'm going to be able to achieve this weekend we let's do this work now mm. because it's going to help us later on yeah and they were great the team was awesome so we did what we could with what we had um quali uh unfortunately uh the you know the 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 bad luck continued um quali didn't work for us uh because we had uh what was it now so self-induced this isn't a problem that in the two three years i've been racing them um 
I've, I've ever seen. And basically, uh, I I spun the car on cold tires, uh-huh. uh, which which happens. Yeah. Um, and rolled briefly rolled backwards uh-huh. w- before I could get the clutch down, uh, and the car okay. went. Yeah. I don't like that. Um, and went into like a limp protection mode. Oh, blimey, yeah. So actually not in actually not a problem at all. Like, you know, it was just, it was just protecting itself. Yeah. But before we could figure that out, we'd, we'd basically lost the day. Mm. So this is me, this is just prefacing what later happens. Mm. So all those things considered, it was like, bloody hell guys, you know, we're, we're they, they had no expectations of me that of the, at the weekend at all, but obviously you want to do well. Mm. So start from the back of the grid uh, for the race and um, pace is good. Like pace is there, wicked. Um, they'd done, they, the work that they'd done with the car was like helping me big time and uh, started from the very, very back, got my way up to P5 within a few laps and then I got a puncture. Oh no. I know. Uh, so I got a puncture and had to dive in for, um, for a tyre mm-hmm. um, and uh, yeah, any chance of progress in that race was obviously gone mm. uh, managed to finish not dead last so it all came down to the final race on sunday <laughs> where it was like right well we've got absolutely nothing to lose here mm. but everything to gain yeah and what's going through your head at that time because you at this point you've been flown out <laughs> you've been put up you've been given a car to race in yeah. <laughs> so far it's you've basically well. gone can you tear it apart and rebuild it because it's not quite right for me and then You've broken the engine a little bit, but not probably broken it. It was just a little bit broken. And then you got a puncture. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and at this point, you're like, oh, God, do I even bother? This is it. Yeah. Because it, and that, you, you're absolutely right to bring that up. Uh, because, you know, where your, where your head is at that time is very, very important. Mm. And you're, uh, you know, as much as the team and the team boss, Rick, were, were, um, you know, trying to make my life as easy as possible in terms of encouragement and whatnot. Um, it's, it, it was only natural for you to put that, apply that pressure to yourself. Course, you want to yeah. do well. You're right. You're right. Someone spent a fortune on bringing you out here and the whole team's there and it's a big operation. Mm. You know, it's, it, it isn't just rocking up and turning it on. You know, it's a, no, it's, a, yeah. it's, a, it's, a, it's a big operation to get out there and it's a big commitment. So yeah, race three, I'm like, right, well, we've just got to go for broke here. Mm. So I, again, start from the back because of my previous finishing position. Um, and on the rolling start, managed to make up three places before turn two. Wow. Uh, so I just got a mega jump on the cars at the back. Um, and that race just turned out to be an absolute spectacle because I think everyone were, whether people were sandbagging or what, I don't know, mm. but everyone was just really, really, really going for it in the final race. And mm. people like, you know, loads of overtakes, people swapping positions. It was just a good entertaining race. Mm. Um, and I was taking full advantage of it. I was just picking my way through, like one car at a time. It's a 25 minute race or 28 minutes. One car at a time, one car at a time, one car at a time. And then realized I was in the top three. Wow. I was like, yeah. wow, okay, we're getting somewhere here. And then I can see I'm closing in on P2. I was like, right, we're having some of that as well. And have you got radio comms? You've got people telling you where you are? No. Oh, wow. Because right. right. my, again, uh, <laughs> the list of things that went wrong. <laughs> On the Friday, I put took my headphone put my headphones in, took them out, and they broke. No, <laughs> the wires broke. <laughs> God's sake! It's one of those. Anything that could have gone wrong went wrong. Uh, so yeah, we we go ahead. 
I get up to P2 um, and pretty happy with P2. But then I see the final lap board come out mm. and I can see P1s ahead of me. I was like, oh, maybe we could have a go. <laughs> um, so I close in the gap on uh, on uh, on P1 and it's a, it's a guy who is really, really charismatic guy. Um, and he's, he's, he's called himself the Joker. So even his race suit looks like the Joker right. and the car's got this wicked livery on it. It looks like a Batmobile, all that kind of stuff. And he is probably our main competitor. So closing the gap, closing the gap, closing the gap. And with half the lap to go, I put a move on him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got, I get my nose ahead for just, you know, oh, no just way. for like half a second or so. And then he gets a mega run. Um, and ultimately he wins the race and I finish in P2. Wow. But I've never, as I went across the line, I literally like screamed with, with <laughs> joy because it was such hard work that weekend yeah. and testament to the team for like putting up with everything. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it, obviously I was, I was in the driving seat the whole time, so I wasn't really observing too much what was going on. Um, but when I got out of the car, loads of people came over to like the uh, the leader and myself mm. to just go like, "What? That was just an amazing race." The commentators and everyone were like, "That's one of the best races of the whole weekend." No way, because it was just like so much happened. Yeah, um, and I've since watched it back, and you know, it was it was good. And ne- never mind what we were doing in the in the Praga, which yeah. was obviously great, uh, but it was just a bloody good race. Amazing. So all of that kind of it's just racing it's just how these things go sometimes mm. all of that you know dejection and disappointed in myself and just wanting to do a good job mm. to then finish it with a result like that just literally made up for everything amazing yeah amazing it was awesome and this isn't the one and only race this year is it you're no you're heading back correct yeah so um i've got the job <laughs> <laughs> So I've got the job. Uh, the team signed me to do uh, to do the rest of the season in the Aussie Prototype Series. Um, yes, and the next one's in Sydney, I think, in a six or eight weeks, something like that. Wow. Yeah. So do you, do you need the the media team, podcast team, to come out with? Absolutely. You we should do that. Yeah. Why don't we do that? Yeah. Speak speak to the speak to the the money bags behind <laughs> the ch- behind the channel and behind see the what glass happens. wall over there. They're watching over there. Yeah. yeah. He's a, He's wiping his face with money. <laughs> no, he's not. He's not. He's not. He's not even here. <laughs> uh, amazing, amazing. Yeah, that's really cool. And I love, I love the fact that all of that's happened in such a short space, in the space of time. Of a week. Yeah, basically yeah. in the space of a week. In yeah. the space of a week, it was, it was bonkers. So, um, yeah, it, uh, you know, everything that you could have wanted, uh, certainly because obviously the you know Praga, the, the Praga and Z team are trying to build their profile in Australia. Yeah. So to have a story like that to tell at the end of it yeah. um, is exactly, you know, from a PR point of view. Yeah, it's great. It's wicked yeah. because it's it, it's the kind of rags to, rags to riches kind of thing, isn't it? You mm. know, um, couldn't ask for much more. And I feel very, very humbled to have the opportunity. Yeah, very cool. Very cool. Well done. Bloody well done. Thank you. So it has to be P1 next time. I'm yeah, sure. <laughs> there's only one way to go from here and it has to be forwards, <laughs> yeah. Um, Incredible. Yeah, really, really awesome. So, yeah, thank you to to those guys mm. and uh, um, Zagami and Praga NZ, etc. They're just an EMS, just very, very good bunch of people. Yeah. Um, and I feel like 
you would very much enjoy the, what they have to offer as well because they're just all about supercars and cool cars and just cool sh- yeah. <laughs> that we get on board with. Sounds like we need to we need to do an Australia visit yeah. and uh, maybe get a couple of podcasts in our bag. How good would that Whilst be? over there as well. That'd yeah. be really cool. Yeah, yeah, watch this space. So, Christ, yeah, uh, that, was, that was my last week. Um, and I, I hazard to say that you had... You had an equally as an interesting week, yeah, but for a whole different reason. Yeah, yeah, that's fair to say. Yeah, I whilst you were jetting over to the other side of the world, um, I was getting into a car that I've owned for the past seven years to drive it to its new home, which is a very unusual thing to do. <laughs> yeah, um, as as everyone listening, I'm sure or the vast majority of people listening will know uh, when you have a car, a fun car, track day car, or you know, something that you're particularly proud of, uh, and your time with that car comes to an end, you decide eventually, okay, time to move it on, time to sell it, time to either get something new or put the money into something sensible. Um, you put your car up for sale, which is exactly what I did. So as many of you will know, dear listeners, I have had for the past seven years a very special BMW Z3 M Coupe, which is quite unusual because it's a left-hand drive Japanese import for all the people that are now scratching their heads going, hang on a minute, left-hand drive Japanese import, that makes no sense. You're right, it doesn't. In Japan, in brief, the cool thing to do if your car is from a left-hand drive derived country is to buy it and it's specified with left-hand drive. Oh, really? Which is bizarre. Yeah, it's bizarre. Because, of course, like us, they drive on the left right-hand drive cars so by then driving a left-hand drive car nothing works my brain hurts yeah overtaking is a nightmare car parks are a nightmare drive throughs <laughs> are a nightmare it's just <laughs> daft however it's the cool thing to do therefore that's what it was so yeah japanese import came over to me in 2016 and uh i bought it a car that i had no intention of keeping for a long time uh, took it on one track day and realized it was brilliant and then for the next seven years, I kept it. There you go. But the journey with the car came to an end. In the the past month or so, went up for sale with our friends over at Low Classics. I gave it to Ollie and said, there you go. Time to move this on. He very kindly listed it for me. Had a few offers come in on the car fairly quickly. That was cool. And then one day, Ollie phoned me up and said, right, unusual one. <laughs> Somebody wants the car, but they don't want to buy it outright. They've proposed a swap. And the proposal also involves... You meeting them halfway to do the swap on the car. And I was like, right, okay, sounds interesting. Tell me more. The only issue is the guy that wants the car lives in Geneva Mm. in Switzerland. Uh, I live in Warwickshire in England. (laughs) And isn't that is that that's not twinned with Zurich, is it's it? It's not. No, no. I don't know what Stratford upon Avon is twinned with. I should know. That it will be a French town somewhere. Yeah. But yes. Um, so, um, lo and behold, before we know it, I'm having phone calls with a man in Geneva, a nice man called Richard, and Richard, who is English, lives in Geneva. Um, works in the world of money and finance and banking, as every English person in Geneva does, and said, yep, got that car. I've got a car that I'm proposing we do a swap with. Uh, in fact, he had a few cars that we ran through various different ideas and iterations. One of them included a uh, F355 Ferrari, but huh? that wasn't going to work for me, that one. You never was... mentioned that one. Yeah. Well, it, it re- would require me putting my hand in my pocket to spend a bit more money, which I don't have uh, for reasons I will allude to later on. And... Um, <laughs> 
I uh, <laughs> um, yeah, we basically came to the agreement that uh, I would drive my car to France. We initially did actually set up a halfway point, and then in a moment of insanity, I suggested to my darling girlfriend and said, "How do you feel about a road trip?" <laughs> Now, my girlfriend... She went, <laughs> oh, no, you're serious. Yeah, yeah, it was a little <laughs> bit like that at first. Uh, my girlfriend, who I adore, obviously, um, is not, and she would admit this, is not a huge petrol head. Mm. We both work in very different worlds, equally ridiculous in their own way, but very different worlds, with very little crossover, other than the fact that a lot of the people that I meet in this world who have lots of money to spend on cars have lots of money to spend on the kind of thing that she sells, imagine nice watches and jewellery and things. So, as a non-petrol head, getting into any car and driving to what is essentially the French Alps is quite a feat. But to drive in a car that has bucket seats, harnesses, absolutely no air conditioning, Mm -hmm. no sound deadening, Mm. plastic windows, Mm. uh, I could go on and on and on. Noisy, Mm. it's just, you know... Oh, you're really selling it yeah, to Yeah, yeah. I was like, I, and in fact, before we'd even got to the point of saying, uh, or like booking things like Eurotunnel and other aspects, I we were, sat, we were sat at home one evening and I just went onto Skyscanner and I, th- I said, I have, I have noticed there is a, you can get a flight for £50 <laughs> from Birmingham International Airport to Geneva. Yeah. So if you'd rather do that, you know, I was... But I've made it very clear yeah. how unpleasant this was going to be. But the time came, and uh, she stuck with me. Off we went on the road trip. Uh, we broke it up over two days. We drove from... Uh, you broke up after two days? No, we broke the trip up. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, can you imagine? Yeah, and we're no longer together. No, <laughs> no we drove to... Uh, we did it over two days, so we drove to Reem, uh, and then from Reem we drove down to the very beautiful little town called Annecy, or Annecy, depending on where you're from in the world. Um, and yeah, the whole time I'm sat there, searing heat. Yes, it was. It, it's been unusually hot the past few weeks, um, and no exception, of course, on the the trip where we were required to drive the car without air conditioning. <laughs> Exceptionally hot, or comfortable seats, or anything. Um, and you can't even, you know, you can't drive down the the auto routes at 85 miles an hour with windows down because you just can't. It's just no, it's horrible. So we're both there wearing no- <laughs> noise cancelling headphones. The windows cracked slightly. The blowers on cold, but it's just turbocharging hot air at your face. You know, yes. it was grim the whole time. I'm thinking, oh god, she's absolutely hating this. <laughs> but amazingly, we actually finished that leg of the road trip, and she said, "Do you know what?" I think I get it now. <laughs> Do you know what? I think I understand that flight. it. flight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is yeah. it still available? It was, uh, it was grim. It was grim for me. So, so for, for dear old Amy, it was, it was especially grim. Can we just say, Amy, if you are listening to this, that you are an absolute saint. Yeah. Because I wouldn't, even a car person wouldn't be a huge fan no, of that. No, that's it. And I kept saying to her, I said, you know, like, this isn't normal. You know, a, usually a road trip would not involve an uncomfortable car like this. I've driven that car over to the Nürburgring a few times. And, yeah. You know, you just put up with it because you're like, it's fine, I'm going to get there. And you can sit there and in your noise-cancelling headphones and cushions underneath your bum and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, we were essentially going on a leisurely road trip in a car not designed to do leisurely road trips. Unbelievable. However, we made it to uh, our swap-over point where 
there was a new car waiting for me to drive home. And anyone that follows me on Instagram already knows what that car is. Whoa, 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 whoa. Let, let's, let's just... Come on, let's build it up a little bit. Okay, no, no of let's, all the, let's do it. So, dear listener, of all the cars, of all the cars that a fellow Z3M driver uh-huh. owns, mm-hmm. and it's very, very hard for you to separate one's, you know, tight grip mm. from that car that you've held dearly. Mm. For many, and many it years. was a debate for a long time. People saying, you know, if you're going to replace that car, what will you replace it with? And I really struggle with that question because... One of the things I loved about my white Z3M Coupe was the fact that it was so unusual. Yeah. You know, it's it's a really rare thing. And you, from a kind of driving enjoyment point of view, you could put it on par with things like 996 GT3s. Because, again, it's slightly unusual. Uh-huh. It's quite a high-performance thing whilst being back to the bare bones, still a drivable car every day. So, yeah, there was this big debate of what on earth could I choose that's going to replace that car and be as significant as unique as unusual as much of a talking point because again you know that's a reason we all like these sort of cars because we like being able to rock up to a car event or get on a road trip or sometimes just walk outside the house and go what a silly that's thing cool. is that a 16 valve is this all lovely? <laughs> yeah lovely. Is that a 16 or an 8 I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. The Driven Chat Podcast. So, so, yeah. Okay. So, um, what on earth would be so appealing that you would drive your pride and joy all the way out to Switzerland mm. to do a swap with a man? What car would that be, John? Well, it was a BMW Z3M Coupe. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What? Yeah. Yeah. I drove my white. BMW Z3M Coupe, left-hand drive, Japanese import, track day spec, to uh, the French Alps, where I exchanged keys with another man. For exactly the same car! For the same car. <laughs> Adrian turned up in a white one and went home in a black one. Yeah, yeah, that's, that, is, that is exactly what happened. Uh, but not uh, all is not as it may seem, dear listeners. No, he's you not completely lost his marbles. Uh, because the car itself was an English-registered car. Richard, who I did the, 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 the deal with, uh, was English, living out there in Geneva. And he'd taken his car, his Z3M, with him. And he'd u- been using that for a couple of little track days, a few in France, a few in Switzerland. 
and loved the idea of turning his Z3M coupe into more of a track day car, but realised that he'd be potentially devaluing it by doing so and, of course, spending a heap of cash. So he saw my one, saw that mine was track day ready, ridiculous things like glass fibre bonnet, plastic windows, bucket seats, coilovers, that sort of stuff. And, um, yeah, he, he boldly put forward this proposal which I accepted. And I must admit, there were times uh, driving down. I've never met this man mm. before. We've done nothing other than have a phone call, a couple of phone calls, and some WhatsApp chats, the occasional like swapping of images. Oh, by the way, be aware of this. And oh, there's this fault or there's this issue. Um, <laughs> so, we'll come back to that in a minute. So we get to, uh, we, we get, like, I think, maybe 10 miles outside of Annecy where we're doing the swap. And I suddenly had this moment where I was like, <laughs> hang on a minute, this could be the ultimate wind-up. Couldn't it? I, do you know what? I'd be half expecting a couple of blokes to be stood there with, like, snooker balls in socks ready to club <laughs> your head in. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah, it's happened before. I know. I, the, whole th- the whole time I was like, we've not exchanged any deposits. We've no. not ex- I didn't even know the guy's address. No. Nothing. No. I've driven to the south of France in a car to swap for which, another which, car. Which, now you say that, it's bonkers. It's bonkers. It's utterly bonkers. And I think my girlfriend, Amy, had the same sort of realisation at the same sort of time, started asking the, sort of the kind of probing questions. And of course, I just have to like smile and go, no, 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 it's fine. No, we know yeah, everything. It's it's, fine. We made yes. the agreements. It's, we, I know everything about this deal and how it's going to pan out. <laughs> yeah. uh, and it was the moment that I went running back up to the hotel room afterwards after we'd finally met and, uh, and like, talked about the cars and gone up to get the paperwork and stuff. And I, I went... Oh my God, it's really nice. It's a really nice car. Yeah. I can't believe how nice it is. And she went, well, I thought you already knew that. And I was like, uh, well, I, you know, I, 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 I thought it was going to be okay, but it's actually really nice. Um, so yes, believe it or not, you can meet strangers on the internet. You can drive uh, 1,400 kilometres. Oh, that's a long way. <laughs> and, how did it take? Do um, a swap. So yeah, two, two days, two full driving days to get down. Yeesh. Um, we decided to have a little rest in a well-earned rest in Annecy, and uh, then we decided to, rather than just hot-footing it home, we decided we'd take the new car on a little road trip up and around the Alps because I've not put her through enough torture. Clearly, no, 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 no. Um, there was one other little caveat, uh, which uh, yeah, can we just address to, this yeah. because you mentioned it earlier in terms of you know yeah you were pretty confident in terms of the condition and the guy had said. He was, you know, uh, there was full disclosure, shall we say, on the car. Yeah. Um, apart from one very vital element. Yes, which is building up to make it sound a lot worse than it is, because in the grand scheme of things, it's not bad at all. But uh, when Richard arrived at the hotel to do the swap, and I was up in the hotel room, he sent me a text to say, I've, I've arrived, I'm in the lobby, just cooling down. <laughs> and I read the message aloud to Amy and I said, oh dear, what does he mean by that? And Amy looked at me and said, what does he mean by cooling down? Why is he cooling down? Yeah. Has, has he, he not has had he the air conditioning on? Or something? Well, yeah. yeah, he's driven an hour yeah. to get to, to get to us. Um, maybe slightly more. And um, I went down and, and Richard said, I did tell you about the air conditioning compressor and the fact that it doesn't work. So it's got no belt on it at the moment. Uh, and I vaguely at the back of my memory thought, yeah, maybe 
maybe a month or so ago when we were talking, I do remember that, but it was raining outside and therefore there was nothing in my no. head that could have predicted that this would be in any way unpleasant. So we did continue our road trip without any air conditioning in the new car. But we're still together. <laughs> which the car is, made it home. Which is great. You know, that's great news. <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, I mean, we've said I've said this time and time before on the podcast, and I've said this with interviews when talking to other people. There is something very magical about cars in general, more than it just being a hunk of metal on four wheels that takes you from point A to point B, because they can be great enablers of brilliant stories, adventures, memories, and it's also a really, really, really good way, or a terrible way, to get to know somebody in quite intimate detail. Yes. If you do a two or three day road trip with somebody, just you and one other person in a car, let alone a seven day road trip with somebody in a car, you can guarantee that after seven days, one on one time with somebody in a car, we're not necessarily saying even sharing hotel rooms, just that time in a car, you will know more about that person after yeah. seven days than you will know about some of your best friends that you've known for decades yeah. because it's a really, really, really intimate space. And, of course, you know, Amy and I have been together for year. well, yeah, coming up two years. Um, and it was it was really lovely. It was like this, again, because she's not a car person, she's not used to... She could never really understand or envisage what I was talking about when I talk about you know, driving to the south of France for a friend's wedding or sure. shooting across to Germany to have a weekend at the Nürburgring and then just driving home. You know, It was a completely off her radar on things that you could do. So for us to be mid-road trip and for her to say, do you know what, I, I actually... I think I get it now. I think I understand what this is all about. And it was like this little warm <laughs> you must glow. Have been like, yes! yes, it was. I was like, oh, God, thank God. Because it was either going to be make or break. We were either going to get home. She was going to go, cool, glad I've done that. Let's never do it again. <laughs> yeah. But the reality is we actually got back and, and you know, we stopped in Epinay on the way home, which is, of course, famous for the Champagne region. And, and she was like, so how long is it to get back to Reim from here? And then, or sorry, to get back to Calais and then get home. And I was like, well, you know, we could do this in an afternoon. And you could see the cogs turning like, oh, so we could we could drive to do like Champagne for a weekend or like Paris for a weekend or Bruges. And I was like, yes, yeah. yes, yes, we you can. can. With the joy of not having to go through airports and not having to get to airports three hours early and sit in queues with screaming children. Um, yeah, it was amazing. Which brings me on to one of the points I wanted to discuss, which is how brilliant is the Channel Tunnel? It's fantastic. How absolutely wonderful is that service? Yeah. I cannot stress. So, again, something I've harped on about a million times before on this podcast. I, before doing this, this chapter of my life in, in the world of media and cars, I used to run a travel and hospitality company where we used to organise driving holidays, road trips, tours around Europe mostly, but elsewhere in the world. So utilising services like the ferries and the Eurotunnel is a very normal thing for me. I I estimate I've used the Eurotunnel, and this is the car train where you drive your car onto the train, goes underneath the channel and comes out in France. I reckon I've done it at least 100, possibly 150 times. Yeah. And I have never, ever been ceased to be amazed at how brilliant that service is and how lucky we are to That's have awesome. it. I believe there's only one other car train that goes underwater in the world and i think that's one that connects the two japanese islands yeah so we've got this really really unusual thing and it is superb yeah and and uh, you know um 
fer- I don't know about you, but I, I hate fairies. I think fairies I, are yeah, they're just rubbish. Yeah, they're they're ru- I can do the, the the really. There's a really really short one that goes from Dover to Dunkirk, but it's rubbish. You drive on and it's surrounded by squalor and filth and yeah, it's just not a pleasant experience. No, like whereas what is it? Forty minutes on the t- on, on the, the channel? No, half an hour. Yeah, so from getting that's driving on. Drive onto the train. You can either sit in your car, just sit and enjoy, or you can get out of the car and stand in the carriage. Yeah. So you can get driving on to driving off. It's half an hour. We, I mean, it, which is brilliant. Yeah. I, I, I'm the same. We used to use it all the time if I was driving out to, um, you know, to the Nurburgring or to Sweden or whatever from the UK. Um, and it was the most painless part of the journey because you just, like you say, you drive the car on, you can sit in your car. It, half an hour later, you're in another country yep. ready to go. It's brilliant. And if you go through the Flexi Plus lounge, you can even have a nice sandwich. That's true. I didn't do Flexi Plus this time around, but I did, just did the normal service. And, of course, the brilliant thing as well, sounds like a really brilliant advert for Eurotunnel. It's not, but it kind of is. This podcast is brought to you by... Yeah, sponsored by Le Shuttle. Um, the, the great thing is, which you can never do with a flight or a train or other things, if you turn up to the terminal an hour and a half, two hours early, and there's availability, yeah. you can simply go on the earlier train. Yeah. Where else could you do that? Could you imagine turning up to the airport two hours early for your flight and then somebody at the checking desk goes, actually, we've got one going in five minutes. <laughs> do you want to just happen. hop onto that instead and you'll get to your destination two hours earlier than you planned? Doesn't it? It, it doesn't happen. Eurotunnel, you can do it. Or Le Shuttle, I should say, you can do it. We rocked up early. We got an earlier train. Same for going home. We even brought our, we, we brought our trip short by a couple of days. Uh, and again, just phoned up the... The customer services people at Eurotunnel were like, yeah, we're booked for Sunday. Can we come back on Friday? Yep, done. No problem. Too easy. Book you in for 10 to 7. We rocked up at half four. Half 15, 20 minutes later, we're on the train. It's just, it's it awesome. is just the best thing in yeah, the world. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm absolutely on board with that. So uh, so the return journey is, is, is pleasant. Yes. And the car is performing... Unexpected? Yeah, it's wonderful. It needs a couple of little things. It's got a little suspension knock. It's got, obviously, the air conditioning compressor we're going to sort that. It's got a little vacuum leak that we need to sort. Um, but otherwise, what an amazing thing. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I just pulled up to the studio here in uh, in the Coventry area. Yes, I brought, I brought it in today, yeah. Uh, and, and saw it, and it looks glorious. It's a lovely thing. It looks yeah. great. Yeah, they're very, it's a very distinctive-looking car, mm. um, and it aptly, or informally known as the bread van isn't it yeah yeah or the clown shoe or the clown shoe because it looks like a clown shoe it does but it looks great sounds great um and just a happy little car just a happy little car really like you say uh but whether you hold on to it for how long we don't know yeah not sure not sure the jury's out on that one it has it i didn't publicize the fact that i was Buying it, obviously, my plan with the white car was to sell that car mm. and then use the the money to perhaps put aside for something else in the future. But we have also just bought a house, which, uh, as it turns out, is quite an expensive thing to do. Yeah, they go pretty well, so, don't they? So, uh, yeah. So um, we'll be allocating some money towards an house and solicitors and just things that nobody ever tells you about when you aspire to succeed in life. No bloody solicitors. Yeah, bloody solicitors. Uh, so yeah, the, that may that may crop up, and um, yeah, whilst I didn't actually announce that I was doing the deal to sell the car, 
subsequently I got an awful lot of messages on my Instagram feed from people going, ooh, um, if that's going to be for sale, can you give us a shout? Which is so, a great position to be in. It's wonderful. It is wonderful. But it's equally, I wasn't expecting it to be quite as nice as it is. And I wasn't expecting to enjoy driving it <laughs> quite as much as I do. Um, so yeah, it has left me a little bit torn. But um, yeah, watch this space. If you're in the market for a black Z3M Coupe, Cosmo Schwartz with uh, Kaliami orange over black interior, slip into the DMs. You never know. There you go. I didn't realise um, Wheel of Dealers had just walked into the uh, <laughs> That's a different podcast. podcast. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We've not spoken to him for a while. <laughs> Bless him. <laughs> Yeah. Um, there you go. So, yes, that is the uh, that was my little journey around the Alps. It's it, not a little journey at all. No. I think it was quite a, um, quite a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Pilgrimage, you should say. It was. And do you know what? I, was, I felt very lucky, and I still do feel very lucky. That white car, that Z3M, seven years of ownership, that's been on some wicked adventures, loads of road trips. So to do one last road trip in the car with my girlfriend was yeah. very, that was very, very... A nice little moment. How nice romantic. Yeah. Well, it was the opposite of romantic, no. but it was nice. It was nice. To a good acid have test of experience. one's relationship. Exactly. Though. But the next time we'll do it, you know, I'll, I'll get something nice from some press office and we'll have air conditioning and massaging seats and yeah, those cruise like control. Aircon. Can you imagine? Cruise control. Amazing. Oh. Yes. Wonderful. Epic. Wonderful stuff. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, uh, in terms of, in terms of driven, uh, in terms of driven chat podcast, mm. we, we like to report on those uh, those little adventures that we've been up to. It just so happens that we both went on an epic adventure on the yeah. same week. So uh, please, dear listener, don't expect that every single week. No, because um, no, most weeks they're really dull. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so we, we like to talk Ooh. about the cool stuff. Yeah, we do. Uh, but yes, yeah, so uh, where do we go from here, John? Well, uh, we've got some exciting stuff coming up over the next few weeks. This isn't, this isn't, we are kind of, we're bringing it into land a little bit because we're not going to go on for, as I said, one of our long podcasts. But um, we've got some really cool stuff coming up. A lot of stuff we're going to be talking about, a lot of stuff we're going to be doing. You might have heard last week on the podcast, again, another short one, actually, that we did with Dean Bartle off of the DMB collection and, of course, the new TV show on Quest, Supercar Showroom. Um, I mentioned at the very end there, we've got some cool stuff coming up, including some stuff at Goodwood. So this year bit of a humble brag, but I will be attending the Goodwood Festival of Speed as a guest of Bentley. Woo. So there'll be some slightly different content from Goodwood coming up this year. Uh, also, just had delivered a couple of days ago a rather glorious looking Triumph Bonneville Bobber. Very cool. The orange tanked Speed Twin 1200 that I had for the month of May, June. Uh, that has now gone back and it was a rather lovely scenario when the big black Triumph van pulls up outside the house and says, I'm here to pick up that bike, but I'm leaving you with another one. And that's exactly what happened. What so a life you live, It Mr. was Marker. pretty cool. What a life. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's really cool. Uh, I've got that for a couple of weeks. Going to be doing some brilliant little adventure testing with that, riding around. We've just invested in some really cool camera equipment as well, so we're going to get some quite dynamic stuff. So do keep an eye on the YouTube channel for more fun stuff with bikes. Um, also coming up in the not-too-distant future, a great car. I think we both need to have a go in this one. We've got a Honda Civic Type R, the new Type R. Ooh. That's coming mid-July. Okay. Uh, just in time for my drive to Goodwood, so I'll be taking that down to Goodwood. Nice. Um, to then swan around in Bentleys and then drive back. So we will be doing a big feature on that. Uh, but they've got loads of motorbike content coming. Uh, BMW Motorrad. 
are imminently sending me the R9T, another motorcycle that I've been really excited about riding and looking forward to. So that's also something else to look forward to on the channel. And another great one, in the month of August, I believe, without looking at my diary, the first week of August, I've got the new Lotus Emira. Ooh, okay. Yeah. I saw one of those on the road the other day, and I thought it looked fantastic. Yeah, starting to see them crop up now, which yeah. is really cool. Yeah, the guys at Caffeine and Machine have got one. They've got one for, I think, a year, one of their development uh, cars. Yes. So it's one of those ones where, sadly, the car eventually will have to go into a crusher because it's been used for testing and development. But yeah. if you're very lucky as a, a media outlet, you sometimes get access to these cars, and you can have them for a while before they then go off to be destroyed. Um, so they've got one, which is a really cool thing to see. So, yeah, we'll be getting a uh, the full production-ready road-going version as well in August. So very, very, very excited about that. Can't wait to give it a test. I'm actually equally excited, if not slightly more excited. I think it's coming later this year. Uh, we'll get to have a go in the four-cylinder version of the Amira, which uh, might... Uh, uh, aha! Interestingly, uh, you've pulled that scrunched-up face uh, because that's what most people do. However, the four-cylinder that's going into the Amira, which at the moment is a V6 Toyota Camry engine. It has been for donkey's years in the, in the Exige and the Evora. Uh, so it's that same engine that's in the Emira. There is going to be an option to get the four-cylinder AMG engine. Okay. Aha. Uh -huh. So if, for example, if you go if you look at Mercedes-Benz Mercedes Instagram feed at the moment and look at the new SL45 or 55 or possibly both, no longer is that a massive V8 gargling mm. AMG engine. Mm. It's a it's an inline four with a turbo. And whilst that might make a few people go, yeah. sounds rubbish, yeah. um, it's actually brilliant. It's a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant engine. And I think it's going to be matched perfectly with that little Lotus chassis. Interesting. So, yeah, excited to have a go in that as well. I think I've got the V6 one in August. But then later on in the year, we'll have the four-cylinder. And I do suspect, in fact, I think I had the same conversation with Mike Fernie when he came in. Uh, he's of the same mindset as me that he thinks that's going to be the one to have rather than the V6. Interesting. Mm. Only one way to find out. Fight. Yes, indeed. And then drive them both after that. And then drive them both. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, now that's really interesting. And do remember, please, uh, dear listener, that all of these things that John uh, is talking about uh, is are not for his personal enjoyment. These are all end up on our website and YouTube and all sorts Some of stuff. Some call it work. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's 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 good consumer advice, which we encourage you to go and check it out. Exactly, exactly. And on that subject of the website, which is driven.site, uh, there's loads of currently really cool stuff on there. Uh, Mike, our new staff writer, has been quite busy. This week he's been off and he's seen a very exciting car, a collaborative effort between Callum Designs and a company called Niobolt. Uh, who have, again, on the subject of a Lotus, it's almost like we planned this, but we haven't because we are useless. Um, the Lotus Elise, the wonderful original Lotus Elise designed by Julian Thompson, has had a bit of a rework, has had a bit of a refresh with Callum and Niobolt, and they have made it into a little EV. The car was unveiled only this week in Warwick. It's a, it is a concept, but it's a very exciting concept because as EVs go, this, in my opinion, could be the exciting future that we're all looking forward to because the car that they've unveiled is a fully electric Lotus Elise-sized car that can charge from empty to full in six minutes. What? Yeah. Using what? Magic. 
Good Lord. Um, yes, and I'll, uh, that's all I'm going to say, because if you want to learn more, head on over to the website, driven.site. It's front and centre on the homepage. It's the very first thing you will see if you go onto the website around the time that this episode has gone live. And, yeah, have a good read. Mike has... Um, he was there at the launch. He took some great photos. He has written a wonderful article. He's interviewed some of the team there. And, um, yeah, really, really, really exciting stuff. So definitely go and check that out. Go and have a read. Um, and whilst you're there, why not see more of what Mike, Mike does on the Automotive News tab? Because we do handpick some car news stories every single day of the week that we think you might like. It's the stuff that we like, and therefore it's probably the stuff that you like. So it's not going to be news stories about product recalls of circlips on Porsche pedal boxes. It's more along the lines of... niche. That's very niche, niche. wasn't it? Uh, It's more along the lines of um, Alpine, Le Mans activities, Bentley Le Mans activities. There's a lot of Le Mans stuff, actually, including the Ford Mustang GT3 unveiling, which, of course, is going to be one of their cars for next year's Le Mans 24-hour race. Um, Yeah, some really interesting stories. So go over to the website, have a little look, have a little read. Plenty of time for you to just whistle away have a read through some lovely written articles and then of course there are the articles and reviews section where you can see the cars that we have been road testing the bikes that we've been riding uh just general adventures that we've been getting ourselves on indeed. which is always fun indeed that it is uh, and and uh whilst i remember when last time we recorded a podcast here because did as 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 uh John alluded to, I live quite a long way from the studio. Yes. So I stayed the night at Cafe and the Machine. Yes. And what did they have in their lobby area? Oh, yes. Because on the podcast, we were talking about the requirement for you to get your little CBT license, Correct. at the very least a little CBT license. Correct. Uh, and we discussed, not an advert, we discussed Mutt Motorcycles. We did, and you checked into the hotel. Checked into the hotel, and there, there was Mutt's latest motorcycle <laughs> there, ready to go. Yeah, and it looked wicked. Yeah, it made me really, really want to get one now. So there you go. So Mutt, if you're listening, don't know if they heard the last episode. Well, we I don't know. About it. Don't uh, know if they're going to hear this one either. But even if they don't, yeah. uh, uh, we should go because apparently they're based in Birmingham. So we should mm-hmm. go and we should go and check them out. We absolutely should. Yeah, you're right. Let's get your first two wheeled experience on a Mutt. Um, unless anyone else comes in first and goes, no, don't ride one of these, ride one of these. So maybe, uh, and on that and on that note, if people would like to start submitting applications for co-host for the Driven Chat podcast <laughs> about now, because I will, it will definitely end in death. No, no, <laughs> no. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. I go on the, uh, my logic of opinions or concern, safety concerns on riding motorcycles is a bit like the same concerns for timing yourself on a track day. If you go on in the mindset that the worst thing could happen, then chances are it that won't ha- because you're oh. thinking about oh, the safety, your safety. The day you get onto a motorbike and think nothing bad will ever happen to me, that's when, it happens. That's when the bad thing happens. Same with the timing of track days. The minute you get your stopwatch out, you're asking for trouble. Yeah, yeah, Don't yeah. do it. Um, so, no, I think with your mindset, you're a sensible, you're a sensible man, Miles. You'd be grand. Yeah, it's a great way of life. Well, yeah, if it, if it would have saved me... 40 minutes of sitting in traffic today, I would have been over the moon. Exactly, exactly. And if it wasn't for the fact that this weekend I'm actually moving house, I'd be out on my Triumph Bobber cruising the streets of Warwickshire, uh, but maybe next weekend instead. There you go. There you go. And you'll, of course, be able to see what that bike is like on our YouTube channel. Don't forget to go and subscribe. YouTube.com 
just type there driven chat or just driven you'll see us you'll find us have a look subscribe hit that little bell notification make sure you're fully up to speed with what we're uploading and when then of course there's the social feeds at driven chat go and find us there give us a follow give us a thumbs up give us a thumbs up that's not even a thing just uh, like something if you want to just do that at home you know, like just thumbs up towards the post. <laughs> then you know we're not going to stop you doing you that. Can do that, or just or um, find the latest thing we've uh, we've posted and just put like ten thumbs up emojis on. I I, I feel that's engagement. We yeah, it is engagement. engagement. So uh, yep, that's me feeding the machine, the big machine that nobody understands. Well done, John. I have no idea how it all works. So I have to say, I think we're. Uh, we're out of time. We're out of time. We're out of time. But plenty more to come. Next week, I think, I say that with such confidence, but I'm having to double check and try and imagine a calendar in front of my eyes. Either next week or the week after. In the next couple of weeks, you have got an amazing episode coming up. Myself and Amy Shaw, artist formerly known as Amy Shaw, uh, who's now Amy Haynes. I still can't remember her bloody name. Uh, Amy Haynes uh, joins me and we joined the team at The Nod Pod, which, of course, is a very successful, very popular motorcycle podcast. Charlie Borman, Ben Bowers and Ant Partridge, the three of them invited us along to their little podcast space. So Amy and I went along as the resident bikers. Until you join our little gang bars, <laughs> you can't get in on, okay. the, on the motorcycle podcast. I'm sorry. Uh, but we, uh, we went along to sit down with Charlie Borman, Ann Partridge and Ben Bowers and we had a brilliant chat and that is a collaborative crossover episode. We've never done this before and neither have the guys at the Nod Pod so it was quite an unusual one but we're all quite good friends as well so it made for quite an interesting chat where we didn't really plan anything. We just rattled on for an hour and a half or so about the world of bikes and bike culture and adventures and yeah, it's it's good. So uh, you've got that to look forward to in a couple of weeks' time, so keep an eye out for that one. Um, we've also got other guests coming up. The likes of Sid North is going to be coming up in the next few weeks. Uh, Alex Kirsten, my good old friend from Car Throttle, we, have, uh, or we are working on a day where we're going to go along to Alex's new workshop, who is, of course, better known to many as Auto Alex on YouTube. Uh, so we're having a good catch-up with Alex. It's probably going to spiral out of control into all sorts of uh, nonsense uh, because of our working history together uh, but another one to look forward to for sure and then of course there'll be some stuff to come from Goodwood Festival of Speed with Bentley and who knows lots and lots and lots of other things really really exciting stuff coming up very soon so thank you very much for enjoying for partaking for listening for subscribing for liking for sharing all of the above it really does mean the world to us we do this and everything, all of this we do for the love of doing it and um, for the love of knowing that people are out there enjoying it. So if you are enjoying it, why not leave us a nice review? It does do wonderful things for us uh, and a star rating. And, and just tell a friend. If you have a friend that's in the world of cars or likes cars or motorcycles and you think, do you know what? They'd enjoy Driven. Ping them a link. Ping them over a link. Right, do it now. Say, listen to this. Listen to this nonsense. <coughs> Listen to these two idiots talking yeah. for an hour. Yeah, yeah, exactly that. Um, good. Shall we let these nice people get on with their day and week? Yes. Yeah. Uh, yes, let's do that. And also, um, it's it's exceptionally hot in the studio, so I feel it like is quite warm. Actually, I can feel yeah. I can feel the microphone just like wilting. Yeah, we do have the luxury of air conditioning, but if I turn that on, it sounds like there's a Boeing seven four seven taking off constantly above our heads. So we won't. 
But hey, we're going to go outside and get in our cars and roll the windows down because we're cool. You can't not laugh at that. <laughs> okay, you can. You can, as it okay. turns out. Good. Um, thank you for listening, Miles. Thanks for, uh, as ever, bringing the goods. Thank you for having me. Um, we will uh, we'll, we shall carry on doing what we're doing and uh, keep informed on what's going on in our worlds and elsewhere. Yes, exactly that. Big thank you to our sponsors for this week's show and for the month of June, which is, of course, Forza Cliente. ForzaCliente.com. That's the website to head over to if you are in the market for a new car. If you're looking to purchase something extra special, supercar, hypercar, luxury cars, the guys over at Forza Cliente have got the goods. Likewise, if you are one of the lucky few that has a very, very special car that perhaps you're then looking to move on, Again, speak to the guys at Forza Cliente. They will be able to find you a buyer. They will be able to get you the best price and they will be able to help with the possibility of a part exchange as well. Those guys have been super kind to us for the month of June. They are a friend company. We, are, we know them all very well. So we will continue to do really cool stuff with them, including the possibility of taking a couple of their cars out for a little drive in the not too distant future. Uh, one of them, unusually, out of their entire list of stock that I really want to have a go in is their V8 Defender, because I've not yet driven one. And it looks amazing. And it's urban tuned and stuff. So it looks so good. Nice. So yeah, I'm going to be doing that in the next few weeks. So do keep an eye out for that. To find the details of Forza Cliente, scroll right the way down to our show notes where you'll see a link through to the website where you'll be able to see them or, of course, on our social media posts with uh, a link to their Instagram feeds there as well. Right, we're done. Let's go. Yeah. Let's go home. Goodbye. The Driven Chat Podcast, powered by Paramex Digital. Oh, wow, you've made it to the end, the very end. And it's John Markar here again, reminding you that this podcast, the Driven Chat podcast, has now run its course and has come to an end. To find the new format, search the Driven podcast in your preferred podcast app or head on over to the website driven.site to find some quick and easy links through to the new episodes in the new formats on your preferred apps. Thanks. Bye.